What's up, guys? Welcome to the 10-Minute Drill. Today, me and AJ answer your calls about the NBA trades that happened yesterday and about the New York Knicks, so stay tuned. All right, to kick off the show, AJ and I are going to take calls from Jade, who says Phil Jackson is a disgrace to the New York Knicks organization, and Colby, a Detroit Piston fan who loves Isaiah Thomas and thinks that New York is a place where legends go to die. Can't say I disagree. Listen to the phone calls now. Josh, AJ, it's Jade Colf here at the Colf Band from the No Holds Barred Colf Sports Podcast. Just wanted to chip in, was listening to your program there the other day. Um, Phil Jackson being run out of town, out of New York as the president of basketball operations. Finally, a disgraceful showing from Phil. Um, really lowered his colours there, driving that franchise into the ground even more. Um, James Dolan got some work to do. They need to clean house. Uh, they should keep uh, Porzingis and uh, build around him, uh, Mel- uh, get Mello out, Derek Rose out, Noah out. Um, Porzingis is the only real asset that they, they have, um, but happy to see Phil Jackson out of town there. Um, keep up the great work, guys. Um, was uh, great to connect with you. I'll be calling in here uh, soon on uh, some of your hot topics, all things NBA, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys soon. Hey guys, I'm a, uh, my name is Colby. I'm a Pistons fan from Michigan. I was just thinking, New York is where legends go to die. First it was bad boy Isaiah Thomas, now 10 championship ring Phil Jackson. You just, just wonder how long it will be before we're thinking about Phil Jackson for those titles he won as a coach and not for this colossal failure, humiliating event in New York City. Just wondered what your guys' take is on that. I like to think of Isaiah as a bad boy and a champion, but man, it's hard not to think about the disaster in Toronto and the failure in New York. So Jade's phone call, Jade basically just tore up Phil Jackson, which I think he deserves 100%. He is absolutely the worst GM of my lifetime, at least that the Knicks have had. AJ, I mean, have you seen a more incompetent GM in the NBA? I mean, this was pretty bad. The only good thing he did was sign KP. I mean, resigning Melo was a travesty. Every trade he pulled off was terrible. Um, Joe Kim Noah signing. I, I mean, this franchise has been beaten up so much, and as a Knicks fan, I can't explain to you how sad that makes me, but let's pile on Phil Jackson with Jade here. I mean, he was awful, right? He was bad, but the funny part is, like, when he signed Joe Kim Noah, when he brought Derrick Rose in, at the time, it was like, oh, okay, like, Joe Kim Noah, they're getting Derrick Rose, yeah. they're going to put these guys with Melo and Porzingis. People were like, oh, the Knicks can have a competitive team here. You know, Derrick Rose was calling them a super team, and it just so happens that Joe Kim Noah turns out to suck. He gets injured. Derrick Rose was always injured, but I don't know if I would say worst GM in basketball history, but he's not... <laughs> Not the best, but just think about it. Question to you as a Knicks fan. We know Porzingis is already very good. It looks like he's going to be panning out into being a superstar in the NBA. So if Porzingis pans out, if Nidal Akita pans out to be a solid guy, these are both draft picks that uh, Phil Jackson put into place and Hernan Gomez. So if these yep. are guys that turn into the core of the Knicks, you know, they're gonna they're gonna move on from Melo. So if the core of the Knicks turns into Hernan Gomez, Porzingis, and Nidal Akita, and then they pile some more guys on that. 
is it really Phil Jackson leaving his mark saying like, oh, these are the three guys that I put into place? Or is it just like dumb luck? Like this is who you kind of stumbled into around Porzingis? Yeah, I think it's who you stumbled into, to be honest with you. I mean, Nidalee, I don't know what he's going to be. I like what I've seen from him so far in footage. But I think you could have a case saying that Phil maybe salvaged his GM career if he if he hit on this draft pick. Obviously hit on KP. I like Hernan, Hernan Gomez. He seems to be like a fixture for the future. So, I, you know, you might be right. But there is no doubt that he did do some moves that set the franchise back a few years. Resigning Melo set them back. They're, you know, they're not, they're kind of hand-strung with him. Then you have the Joe Kim Noah contract, which is terrible. So there's things that he did as well that set the franchise back. But maybe he did salvage it a little bit. Definitely set them back, but at the, like I said, at the time of those moves, it wasn't viewed as setting them back. And what's your favorite saying, Josh, when you're looking back into the past? Hindsight is 2020. <laughs> there you go. So hindsight is 2020. That is why Phil Jackson is viewed as such a bad GM. If you rewind to when he rewind to when he signed Rose and Noah, everyone thought the Knicks were going to be competing in the playoffs. That's true. That's a fair point. And then again, to Colby's point, who was a Piston fan, you heard his phone call there. New York is where legends go to die. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was here, and I can't explain to you the amount of hatred I have for that man. He ruined all of the 2000s for me. And now Phil Jackson. And I would even, like, I wouldn't call D'Antoni a legend, but D'Antoni was a very, you know, sought-after head coach up until his departure in New York. There's other players. I mean, you could even argue Melo if you want. I mean, Carmelo Anthony, since coming to New York, he's missed the playoffs the past four years. I mean, I, I don't know if the garden's cursed. What do you think? I mean, the crazy aspect to me is that Phil Jackson was this all-time great coach, and now everyone, basketball fans that are growing up right now are going to know Phil Jackson as the bad GM and not yeah. the great coach that you saw him play in the 90s. So it's literally, he went to New York and his basketball career died. I mean, he, the Zen master, he was a genius. And as a GM, it just didn't pan out because everything else he everything else he touched about basketball turned to gold except the New York Knicks. Yeah, and you can say the same for Isaiah Thomas, one of the best point guards to ever play the game. And now when I think of him, I don't think about his Pistons days. I think about Eddie Curry. So, <laughs> you know, so, I mean... Yeah, New York, Colby, like you said, New York might be a place where legends go to die. Hopefully we can get a legend up in here that can reverse that trend. Turning our attention to the Rockets, we have a call from Wintertime Radio. She's a Rockets fan. She says that they're all excited in Houston, AJ. I don't know if uh, we were too hard. Actually, I don't, I don't know. They if, should be. I don't know if you were too hard. I don't think I was that hard. I don't, I don't know if you were too hard on the Rockets move, but let's check out what Wintertime had to say about the Rockets trade. Hey, Josh and AJ, this is Wintertime Radio, and as you know, I am a Houstonian. I've told you guys before, I love my Rockets, so, you know, you guys are kind of stabbing me with this talks of ruining the Rockets. <laughs> so my question is, if this is really a bad trade or you feel that strongly that these people will cancel each other out, Chris Paul and James Harden, what do they need in order to make it a strong team? Who do they need? What type of player do they need? How does this work? Because all I'm hearing is bad things, but there's got to be a way that this can work. People of Houston are going crazy. We're excited to have Chris Paul. What are your thoughts? Thanks for listening. So, Wintertime Radio, thanks for the phone call. You want to know what the Rockets can add in order to, I guess, make AJ satisfied with the trade because AJ is still not satisfied. I think I'm actually one of the few people who don't think it's that bad of a trade considering you're getting the best point guard in the league, at least in my mind, the best for general. AJ, I'll actually start with you since you're the one who doesn't think that this was a good trade to begin with. What can the Rockets do to salvage this roster for you? 
right, maybe I was a little harsh. I didn't mean to upset the people of Houston, but I just I'm not I'm not a fan of this trade. But I definitely think the Rockets have more tricks up their sleeve here. I've been on the Paul Millsap bandwagon. Wintertime, we talked about this before when she had called in a few weeks ago about what the Rockets need to do in free agency after they lost in the playoffs. And I said a guy like Paul Millsap or a guy like Danilo Gallinari. Now they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to afford to bring both in now bringing in Chris Paul. But I thought they should have. I thought the Rockets could have been better off pursuing Gallinari and Millsap instead of Chris Paul. And then you add those guys to James Harden. But I still think they need to get a big time power forward player. Whether it's going to be maybe Chris Paul can recruit Blake Griffin to Houston, or maybe it's Paul Millsap like that. So I think I expect them to go out and get another big time player. I don't think that they're done with the move here. So we'll get a complete grade on the offseason when they make all their moves. But right now, I'm still not in love with the Chris Paul trade. Yeah, I just think they need to add more shooters if that's even possible. I mean, you have two ball-dominant players right now, so you need people who don't need the ball. I mean, Ryan Anderson doesn't need the ball. He just jacks up a shot when he gets it. I think that's great. Eric Gordon, same thing. Capella's just going to catch lobs. And you need more players like that that are not going to take the ball away from Chris Paul and James Harden. I think a Gallinari would be good. He can also create his own shot. Um, a Paul Millsap, I agree with you, AJ. I think Paul Millsap would be perfect for this team. So if I am you with your time radio, I am rooting for Paul Millsap to come over. I don't think Paul George necessarily would be a good fit, even though he's probably the best player on the market right now. Um, so I'm going to go here with AJ. I'm going to say that um, Paul Millsap would probably be the best fit, and that's who I would be rooting for if I was a Rockets fan. Now we have the rebound station who called in, and he doesn't quite understand the CP3 trade, just like you, AJ. Let's take a listen to what he has to say. Hey guys, just wanted to call in. I listened to your segment regarding the CP3 trade. I don't know why they did that. I agree with AJ. I'm really confused why they gave up so much, and I didn't realize they added those extra players today later on as the news broke out, the Liggins and the other two that were included. And so that's giving up a lot for one player. I think that uh, they may be creating space, like you guys said, to sign another max all-star caliber player. But I don't know if this move is going to be right because like uh, mentioned previously that James Harden spent all year last year with the ball in his hand and had an MVP caliber season. So I don't think going away from that, which something that worked for them really well last year is the right way to go. That's just my thoughts, but uh, thanks so much guys and talk to you soon. Rebound, thanks for the call. And exactly like you said, you pretty much echoed my thoughts on the Chris Paul deal. And, you know, it doesn't really make much sense to me. Now, one aspect I didn't think of, I got to give a shout out. I heard someone call into the sports rundown station yesterday when they posted all the rundowns. And he mentioned how maybe you play them, the Chris Paul and James Harden, 25 minutes a game together. And then you have 10 minutes a game with Chris Paul sitting, maybe James Harden's on the floor, and then 10 minutes a game where Chris Paul's on the floor and James Harden's sitting, vice versa. So I didn't think of it in that aspect, so that makes it a little bit better. But to me, you don't want to go into a game where you're going to say, oh, I'm planning to sit one of my best players for 12 minutes out of this game, regardless of the pace of the game, you know? So they're got, you always want to have your best players on the floor besides maybe a few minutes for rest here and there, all you see them get. So. That makes it a little bit better thinking about that. You say, oh, they can play together. Maybe they'll coexist. But then you also have them to play separately when they're not on the floor together. So I think that 
is an aspect of the trade that I didn't think, I personally didn't think about before, but I still don't like the trade because when it boils down to it, you're still going to want them on the floor together at the same time, and it's going to create a log jam, I think, exactly like you said. James Harden had his best season ever when his ball-dominant percentage went up. He had the ball in his hands for nine minutes a game, which was up 40% from the most pre- from the previous season, and he had his best season ever. So I don't see why you would want to take the ball out of James Harden's hands like this because, like I said yesterday, Chris Paul has never played off the ball in his career. Yeah, I agree with you, AJ. I just think that if you're going to take the ball out of James Harden's hands and you're going to put it in someone else's hands, it's not a bad thing that it's Chris Paul. You know what I mean? And I think that James Harden is going to be able to adapt with not having the ball in his hands. I think D'Antoni's going to find a way to make him happy. I think that D'Antoni, I mean, his strength is obviously offense. I think he's going to find a way to make both of his stars happy. And just like that call on the sports rundown said, I mean, you're going to have parts of the game where James Harden's going to be in and Chris Paul's not going to be in and vice versa. I don't think it's going to be as big as of an issue as people think maybe you know for a final shot type of thing but like I said if you're adding someone like Chris Paul I don't think that makes you worse it can only make you better and if you're going to beat a team like the Warriors you're going to need that type of firepower all right that does it for this edition of the 10 minute drill if you have anything you want to talk about in the basketball world in the football world in the baseball world or in the sports world in general please use that call in button or tweet at us at 10 minute drill Age and I will be having a free agent special tomorrow. We'll break down all the basketball free agents that are available on the market. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for tuning in.